Hello, welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off of the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay, and with me, as always, is Amanda. How are you doing, Amanda? I am, uh, I've been rendered just almost as speechless as Angela by this movie. <laughs> Wasn't it nice of me to introduce you that way? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't think that would do at all. <laughs> we are we have hit our a wild card in our uh, podcast journey, and uh, for some reason, <clears throat> I decided to choose Sleepaway Camp <laughs> because we've. Done I like prefacing it by, with for some for reason. Some reason. Palpatine, somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so we had done an entire year's worth of Friday the Thirteenth Camp movies last year on Patreon. Yes. And we had just done, this year on Patreon, we had just done The Burning, mm-hmm. which is another summer, summer camp movie, and uh, Bay of Blood, which is not a summer camp, but is sort of in the same vein. Yeah. There's a body of water involved. Yes. Uh, and so I figured, why not, why not put some summer camp on the main feed for uh, August wildcard? And so we did Sleepaway Camp because it is a... Um, I'm going to say, I'm not putting this movie on our list, uh, <laughs> but it is a notorious movie. I'm a little bit surprised it's not a video nasty to, to an extent. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually I kind of had to remind myself while we were, um, watching it while I was taking notes, that this was not for the, uh, Patreon feed. Yes. Uh, and one of the other reasons I wanted to do it is the answer to my next question. Amanda, mm. had you seen this movie before? No. Yeah. No, I was, um... I don't know whether to say blissfully ignorant <laughs> of this movie. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't. We yeah. I can't. I can't. I don't mm-hmm. know where to start. I I was. It was one of those <laughs> things. <clears throat> similarly to when you told me that you had never seen the Rocky movies before. <laughs> yes. And not only had you not seen them, but you didn't really know anything that happened in in Rocky or any of its sequels. Correct. <clears throat> I knew running upstairs, yelling Adrian. Right. Right. That was about it. Right. Those were the two right. the two aspects of that movie that I knew. But you didn't know that in Rocky Three, uh, Hulk Hogan shows up. No. Um, or in Rocky Four, well, you I still don't Rocky know. Four, I, right? still so don't I won't. Know. I won't tell you anything about Rocky. I'm IV. not there yet, guys. But, I'll uh, get there. As we were talking about Sleepaway Camp, there's just only so many Philadelphia accents I can handle. <laughs> anyway, yes, Sleepaway Camp. As we were talking about doing Sleepaway Camp, you said you had never seen it and didn't know anything about it. Nope. Which. I was surprised by only because I feel like for the longest time, if not still, mm. m- many people who are aware of Sleepaway Camp know exactly one thing about Sleepaway <laughs> Camp, and that's the way it ends. Yeah, I think I, be- I became aware of it and the fact that it had some some aspect of it was um, internet legendary mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like, yeah. like it was it was like a reference people would make like oh you know it's like sleepaway camp and people, mm-hmm. everybody would go oh oh okay oh shit and i was like kind of determined to like not sure find out what that was until i had the chance to watch it yeah. so in a way i want to say thank you and in a way i want to say why did you do this to me <laughs> well the first time i watched it <coughs> excuse me i had come to this one kind of late i th- i had i was aware of it and i knew mm-hmm. The, of the final shot but i didn't really know any of the context of it or anything um and the first time i watched it my my biggest takeaway was i feel like 
Wet Hot American Summer owes a lot to this movie <laughs> more than most of <laughs> other camp movies because it it's almost wow. There is what if they happen in the same universe? They might. I, I remember watching it the first time and thinking like this is almost like an airplane level of mm. similar th- things happening. Although I it, maybe it's just general camp stuff, but yeah, I remember I remember thinking there was a lot of overlap. Sure. And uh, I was also um, <clears throat> pleasantly surprised, I guess you could say, by learning that there was a lot more weird shit in this movie than just the ending. Yeah. Which we will get into. Yes. Um, but before we do that, uh, <laughs> this this is not on our list. Mm-hmm. So you talk about this being internet infamous. Yes. I think that this movie's Rotten Tomato score is a result of internet infamy bleeding yeah. into uh, the record books, for lack of a better term. Yes. Because one of yeah. the other things I knew about this movie is it was one that was notoriously bad mm. like this i believe sleepaway camp is one of the the earlier how did this get made movies i feel like that's kind of what i knew about it as well is that it was like a a bad movie and i don't think i got the impression that it was like fun bad right for a long time so it was sort of like like i like i remember having a conversation once with somebody and and i they were i think they were talking about this movie and i was kind of like Oh, that sounds sort of fun. Like the way Friday the Thirteenth is fun, and they were like, "Oh no, yeah, no, no, no." Yeah, like Friday the Thirteenth is is a good movie compared right. to this. And yeah. It was like, oh, well, well then, you'll be interested to know then that uh, Sleepaway Camp has an eighty-one percent Rotten Tomatoes score with a sixty percent audience score. Eighty-one percent is is definitely good enough to put it on our list. Yikes! What? Yeah, I... and I, I do. I think it's a. I think it's one of those things where it's this I don't I don't want to be too mean <laughs> but I feel like there's a a level of enjoyment to this movie that is on the same level as say something like The Room. Sure. In that there is an enjoyment gotten out of watching what a movie that feels like it is what a in a space alien's yes. understanding of human interactions is yes. like. Yeah, there were several times in this movie where I sort of either said out loud or thought to myself that whoever wrote this and directed this has never met a human being. Yeah, and like, well, we'll get we'll get into it. Yeah, um, <laughs> we need to do all our intro shit yes. first. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break. We'll play the trailer for you, and we will come back to talk about it. Dear mom and dad. I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba Reba! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh my god! Sleep away, camp. You won't be coming home. 
Okay, Sleepaway Camp, directed by Robert Hiltzik, directed by Robert, written and directed by Robert mm-hmm. Hiltzik, starring Jonathan Tiersten, Karen Fields, Christopher Collett, Michael Kellen, Catherine Kami, Paul D'Angelo, James Earl Jones's dad. Oh. And the resident last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs mangled dick expert, Felissa <laughs> Rose. Amanda, what happens in Sleepaway Camp? Angela Baker, a shy, traumatized young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, anyone with a sinister or less than honorable intention towards her gets their comeuppance. Yeah, pretty much. Trust me, of the uh, summaries I found, that is the that is the best one. <laughs> it, yeah, it um, <clears throat> it leaves out really kind of undersells what you're about to see. But I think those are better summaries than the ones that are like. <laughs> That's true. You know, Lori Strode is stalked by Michael Myers and escapes. P.S. Like, they're related. Yeah, but also they're not. Depending right. on what right. year. I, li- I like in. the as as is my want. I tend to like the uh, less is more style. Sure. Of, of disclosure. Yeah. Uh, well, Clay, mm. we have quite a few things you'll find. In quite this a few movie. things happen in this movie. Quite a few things. Yes. Uh, things you'll find in this movie include M E G. M E G. Don't get it wrong. Don't misspell it. Not the giant shark. No. No. Not the Meg. Just Meg. Just Meg, who has questionable taste in men at best. Yeah. Uh, obscene shorts or equal opportunity skimpy outfits. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Suffice it to say, you see uh, many more mostly unclothed men than women in this, in this film. Yes. And there's one camp counselor <laughs> who I... <laughs> <laughs> just one i'm not sure how to describe his outfit oh we'll get there. other than tight and short <laughs> and tight and barely in existence and it's weird because i think he's supposed to be like in his teens but he's built like a 25 year old body i think he's supposed to be like the the like person who's like one or two years too old to be a counselor here still right who knows uh, you'll also find a totally normal game of knife chase. Yeah, that's what you do. That's on the list of things you do at camp. Yeah, followed by a totally normal game of rooftop water balloon fight. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite ones because there's... I love that it just cuts to them all out on the roof of one of the cabins. Yeah, there's no reason to have a water balloon fight on a roof unless you are going to throw them at other yes. people. Yes, But that's not why they're up there. No, they're throing them at each they're other. They're throwing them at each other. On the roof. But the movie gods dictate that they must do it on the roof. Yes. So they can throw it at other people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They get down off that roof very quickly. Very quickly. Maybe there's a ladder. Uh, you'll also find casually accusing a young child of multiple homicide. Yes. Very quickly. Yes. Uh, he, the, the owner of the... The guy who runs the camp is... Uh, Really jumping at conclusions. He is like ready for one of these kids to be a serial killer. Yeah, the he it's himself, like he's been waiting for it. He himself and basically I assume the entire kitchen staff yep. seem to have uh, less than honorable intentions with these children. But he yes. jumps right to this must be another child who is brutally murdering these campers. Yes. <laughs> um. Speaking of which, why don't we jump to a child murderer? Child murderer. Yeah, that technically doesn't. <laughs> count because i wrote that before mm. ricky turned out to be alive but it was mm. too it was too fun it was like sex with minors yes you know which almost happens in this movie 
but not the Very way true. not the way it happens. Not the way it happens. <laughs> my in bloody, my Valentine. bloody Valentine. Uh, a curling iron to the hoo ha. Yep. Yep. We had to look that one up to be sure. But, I uh, didn't even pick up that that is what was happening there. Yep. So I uh, apparently my mind is not disturbed enough for all of you cretins. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> You'll also find questionable camp management. Yes, quite. I I quite. appreciated <laughs> I appreciated that character because he had one thing in mind, and that was his bottom line. Yes. And so when people, yes. it was almost keeping it, this in this this summer camp in the in the black. Yeah, it was like the the sleazier version of the mayor from Jaws, where mm-hmm. he's like, okay, listen, <laughs> one person got assaulted by a giant pot of boiling water. Let's just not talk about it. Right. Okay, one per- one person's dead, one camper's dead. Let's just uh, just keep things going so we yeah. don't get shut down. Like he was very focused on on making sure that. Yeah, I definitely I want to I want to get in I want to get in more into Mel, but I have one last thing, mm. which is questionable parenting. Yes, which I feel like maybe we haven't done recently on one of on our on our lists, or am I just um. I can't could, remember I if we did one. The last one we did to. was the birds. Did we do questionable parenting in the birds? Probably. I don't remember. It would make sense. It would make I can't sense. Remember. Anyway. Gold star questionable parenting <laughs> in this one, I would say. Yes. Or questionable aunting. I mean, anyone who sent their child to this camp needs a, a visit from it's, child protective it services. is definitely like <laughs> it is a janky ass camp yeah this is this is not a high class camp which can i just i i would I, also like to let everybody know that amanda refused to say baldies so i i you know what i am fine with you bringing that up because i <laughs> i toe the line at overtly and disgustingly sexualizing actual prepubescent children that's fair that's, that's, if you're going to have a line, may as well be that one. That's it. Yeah. That's where I won't go. <laughs> Kill them with bees. Yeah. Drown them in a lake. I don't mm, give a no shit. Problem. But like, uh, yeah, there, there's there's my line. You found it. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, I just have to ask about the very, very beginning of this movie. Please. Uh, because I, I was going to say, where would you like to start? I would like to start at the very beginning. With the dedication to the... <laughs> The the filmmaker's mother who was a doer. That is amazing. Yeah. That part I loved because I at first I was like, Oh, that's sweet. Like I could I, could, I would do something like that for my mom and then you watch the rest of the movie and it's like, Oh man, did this person hate his mother? No. Apparently, uh <laughs> my understanding is that his mother had passed away uh, and a large chunk of the, the the inheritance that he got he oh, used to make this movie. Got it, got so it. It is a loving tribute I see. in front of <laughs> probably not the movie that his she mother would have liked to would have, have watched, liked but, to have dedicated to her. Yeah. Fair. Um but there's there's an opening montage. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of like, you know, beautiful shot of like the trees and the peaceful serene lake and and, and all of this. And it it sort of looks like it's it's fall. Mm-hmm. And then the the camera just kind of I don't know, hovers over some some scenery. And then we hear sort of like the faint yelling of children, like kids playing, like the faint sounds of a camp. Mm-hmm. And then we're shown the gate to the yep. camp. And it says like closed or for sale or something. Mm-hmm. So is that a flash forward? Is that very opening like supposed to be a flash forward to like post the events of this movie the camp has closed? I 
think so. Okay. That's my guess because they, they, they do that and then yes. they. Then we cut to is the dumbest a, boating accident yes. on film history. Is there is there a title card that says like three years earlier? After that, I can't remember. There might. I don't remember one, but there might be. Maybe I just wasn't. But I think I think that's the intention. Okay. Is that this is the. Okay. After the events of the movie, the camp has been closed, and now yes. you're going to see why the camp has been closed. I see. And then we jump many years into the past. Yes. Where I rewatched this before I came here. Excellent. Because I, I we watched it the other night, and I spent so much of the movie being like, I can't tell if I can't understand these children because of their accents or just because of like bad sound mm. quality on a very old movie. Honestly? Probably both. Probably both. And there's yeah. a lot of people like talking over each other and kind of like, you know, it's a movie from what, 1983? You know what? I, Is I that usually, what you said? I usually say, but I didn't. Uh, yeah. Yes, 1983. Well, there you go. And it's a low budget movie, so mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. So I rewatched it and I put the subtitles on and I will tell you one thing that's hilarious is they didn't even subtitle most of the movie because I think even they couldn't understand what the hell everybody's yeah. saying. Just camp gibber- gibberish. Yeah. But, but... The scene with the two little kids in the lake with mm. their dad on the on the little boat. Mm-hmm. They that scene gives away everything. Does it really? That scene tells you everything about the rest of the movie. Okay. Please I, go on. Yes. So the kids are playing and like it shows you them with their dad and then it shows you the boyfriend. Right. He's there on the beach being like, "Come on guys, we got to go." Mm-hmm. And it's like very obvious. It was like, I didn't notice it when we first watched it. But on the second watch, I was like, wow, yeah, they're very obviously like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, there, He says, we have to, the, the boyfriend on the shore says, we have to hurry and go because we're meeting the doc. Okay. The doctor. Okay. And then one of the kids goes, oh, are we going to see Aunt Martha? And the boy goes, oh, will Ricky be there? Yep. So we've got Martha, soon to be foster mom Martha. Right. And cousin Ricky set up right there. Right. Then the idiots (laughs) water skiing kill half the family. Mm -hmm. But you can see that Peter's the one who lives. Can you? Yes. Really? It's very obviously the little boy who lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's well, like splashing around and floating in the in his um, life vest. However. However. I will say. Yes. You didn't notice that the first time you watched no. it. No. So you're, I, I, it is interesting because I don't doubt that you're, everything you're saying is true. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's funny yeah. how much they give you up front. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was kind of amazed. Like going back and rewatching it, I was like, wait a minute, is this movie genius? <laughs> like, is this movie secretly brilliant? Yeah. And we're, it's just showing us how none of us are observant. <laughs> well, I think really it's, uh, I, I think it's, um, <laughs> I, I think they're giving you everything. Yeah. But at no point are you expecting to get what they have given you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I guess I'm just bringing all this up because I appreciate the fact that then for the rest of the movie, all of this weird shit and the twist ending mm-hmm. all feel completely out of left field. Yeah. Like it feels like what the fuck is happening yeah. through a, a solid third to half of this movie. But secretly, not so secretly. Yeah, they kind of laid it all out up front. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the one. All right, then. The one element that is 
well, a couple elements that w- as they start giving you the information towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. that always I think surprises people is the father is gay. Yes. Because they do that weird, like it's, <laughs> I feel like we could talk for an hour about the the latent or not so latent homosexuality that runs through the entire film. Yes. Um, but especially in that scene where Angela is making out with... Paul? Paul? Sure. Uh, kid, blonde kid. Yes. Not Ricky. And as they start getting into it, mm-hmm. she has this flashback to seeing her... Uh, for sake of ease, we're going to say her, seeing her father in bed with his boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's this weird shot where the two siblings are on a bed and the the boy is like reaching out to touch the sister. Yeah, he's pointing at her and then it's kind of the camera sort of spinning around them while they sit alone on this bed that's sort of an island in just like a black nothingness. And as the camera spins, his pointing gets closer and closer to her. Yeah, I shouldn't say he's trying to. T- I don't. Th- I don't yeah. know if he's trying to touch her, but there yeah. is definitely this weird dream logic thing. Of right. Like, of again, like, I am trans. I am transitioning into. Yeah. Like you, like point. Like, yeah, and and so it it drops this really weird thing on you. Yeah. Right in the middle, and then it comes. It comes back to real life and Angela freaks out and she kind of runs away. And it's the only moment like that in the whole movie. Moment like what? Like like, like that sort of like unreal. Oh yes. Like it's half flashback but it's half dream or vision or something. Like everything else that happens in this this movie is rooted in the insane, (laughs) the admittedly insane but the reality of the movie. Yes. You know, like like yeah. it's it's whatever we see happening to the characters generally is actually happening to mm-hmm. the characters. This is the only sort of like dream scene in the whole thing. And it comes like two thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, it does. And then there's no other ones. Yep. Yeah. Um it's there's a certain level of uh dreaminess to the whole movie, but I don't know if that's intentional. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if that's really like a choice. No, so I don't think that it is. I think you can, if you want to be really generous, you can say that it's, yeah. it's, it's the rest of the movie has this kind of dreamlike quality mm-hmm. that supports that scene. But, sure. but if let's say you're not saying that, <laughs> um, it is a weird dream sequence dropped into the middle of what, as you're saying, yeah. is a pretty straightforward, yeah. you know, reality based Kids movie. at camp doing kid stuff while yeah. people are getting murdered around them yeah actual yeah. kids too like th- this is unlike yeah much like the burning mm-hmm. it's a summer camp movie where there's actually kids at the camp yep and uh they do not shy away from killing these kids no <laughs> no a bunch of these children get murdered yes yeah uh yeah um yeah i'm not uh, this is a tough one it, there's so much stuff to talk about i'm not sure where to start uh but yeah, the what do how do you <laughs> starting at the beginning? If yes. we were to jump to the end, <laughs> no, uh, did you like this? What what are, we, what are your feelings um, on this? I, I, you know, I I liked it in the sense that I thought it it really went for it. Sure, you know, like in the moments where it tried stuff, it really it really like we were saying they kill kids in this movie. Yeah. 
a lot of the effects of the deaths and and the bodies look pretty damn good for a really yeah. low budget early the 80s. The effects are surprisingly good. That, yeah. The arrow through the neck. Yep. Very good. Yep. Excellent. I thought that looked great. Um, and I appreciate how fucking weird it is. Mm-hmm. Like I I I, I think it. I think all of these things are the positives about it. I think the negatives maybe are big enough that this is not a sort of movie that I would like revisit every summer to watch. Like, like, you know, like a lot of summers I will watch Friday the 13th because there is that kind of fun excitement about watching it and, and you can rewatch it and enjoy it for like what it is and just sort of go along with the story. Yeah. There are moments in this movie that are so grating. Oh, yeah. There are characters yeah. and voices in it that are so grating. And <laughs> it's one of those movies where almost everyone in it sucks. Yes. Like, yes. all of the adults, like the actual adults who who, who are not just counselors, mm. all of them suck. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. A lot of the counselors also suck. Either they're really shitty or they're just sort of like general teenager shitty. I actually found it difficult to tell who the counselors were. Yes. Because so many of them were being as shitty as all the campers. Yes. And they like hang out with the campers and they play baseball games against the campers. And it's just kind of like there wasn't a lot of separation between like I think some of the male campers or excuse me some of the male counselors were two of the ones bullying angela yeah isn't i think meg is a counselor meg is definitely a counselor yeah yeah meg and Susie are the are the girls bunk Susie seems pretty cool Susie seems like the only Susie and uh big buff ronnie yes are the only like decent the the two i think who actually find angela at the very end of the movie well there's that other male counselor who has like a, who the, the only the only part he plays is he like he's the one who's co- always coming in and going bunk eighteen come on yeah bedtime <laughs> wait but isn't he the one is he the one who left a bunch of children sleeping alone in no the or is that, that guy sucks okay, that's that a different guy. one right, there, there's right. another one there's one guy who all I, the all the all the older teen men look a certain way and they are very hard to dis- distinguish from one another except for big buff Ronnie yeah which big is buff what Ronnie. I am which is what I am calling him from now on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, He's the one we were talking about with uh, tiny, tiny outfits. Yes. Extremely skimpy. I feel He's I can't. He's essentially wearing a bikini the whole movie. I can't tell if they um, picked his outfit after they, or, or before they, <laughs> right. they hired him. Right. Did they cast him and then like. I, d- yeah. They, they had the outfit and they cast the guy and like, well, we right. don't have any more money, so you need to wear this. However... Or did I, he say, I'm bringing my own clothes? I So, let's table this. We can get into this later. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they really drop Angela and Ricky into a pretty volatile environment mm-hmm. um, that seems much more conducive to creating a... Uh, urban legend type slasher killer than crystal lake did <laughs> yeah i mean because in in this in this camp you really get this you really get the sense that the inmates are running the asylum yeah like most of the other camp movies i feel like we've watched there's at least some level of you know the counselors are trying to wrangle the kids or there's there's some sort of oversight happening mm-hmm. and in this one it really felt like oh okay there's pedophiles who work in the kitchen yep 
Uh, the owner does not give a shit about children mm-hmm. and just wants his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the counselors are barely older than the campers and are left entirely up to their own devices. Mm-hmm. So some of them are maybe like sleeping with campers or trying to or something. I don't know. Great question. Uh, yeah, there's... Um, <clears throat> I. I, I keep wanting to table the sexual politics stuff and so we can just focus on that as one piece. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of weird shit going on. Yes. Um, I think... I I have a lot of trouble with this movie um, because like I... On the one hand, I don't think this is a good movie. Agreed. But on the other hand, there is this kind of... There is this part of me that feels like if the credits said directed by David Lynch, people would love this movie. And what I mean by that is it has the same kind of, the performances in this movie have Mm. the same kind of energy as like you will find in like uh, Lost Highway or like Robert Loggia and Lost Highway screaming about where uh, driving on the, the road or whatever. Yeah. But it's, where I think the David Lynch style is very controlled. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think this movie is, is that stuff happens as a result of not having any control. Yeah. And so like, I don't know if the, if the aunt's performance right. is, is stylistically chosen on purpose. Right. To be fucking unhinged. Right. Or if that's just like the director just pushing and not really knowing what he was getting and yeah. and like there's a couple points where it's like the way that these people are acting um works mm-hmm. because it's so unhinged mm-hmm. specifically when uh the 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 guy the cook tries to assault the kids yes and then gets the pot of water dumped on him yes there's like this extended sequence of him just like screaming in agony uh-huh that is so much more dialed up than yeah. I feel like you will see in most movies. Mm-hmm. But it is really kind of disturbing because he's got all this like burn makeup on and he's really going for it. Yeah. You know, and it's, there's that one. The, the other one I always remember is um, the girl who's who's water skiing. Yes. When, when she's yelling at them to turn the boat. Yes. She is like appropriately on like her level of intensity is appropriate for the situation right not appropriate for the movie based on everybody else's level of intensity right yeah there are these moments where it really feels like people are acting in different films at different times yeah but it's these strange moments of of really over the top yeah like melodrama camp almost that are feel so removed like even like mm-hmm. at, at the end when mel beats my, uh ricky to to almost to death um, to almost death like there's like I, I it's almost like i can feel the director mm-hmm. off to the side going like okay more give me more yeah give me more and because yeah. then he starts going like i did it for you meg i said i was gonna do it for you and i did i'm like where is this coming from yeah well and, 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 like obviously all of aunt martha dr martha thomas yeah like her entire character is definitely like she felt like she was dropped straight in from firewalk with me yes absolutely um and then even judy 
to an extent. Well, we're not going to talk about Judy. <laughs> Appropriately enough. <laughs> um, like, she's such We're an... not going to talk about Judy at all. No. No. But she's such an over-the-top villain, like, like camp bully villain. And, yeah. And she, There's she no is, subtlety to her. <laughs> no. And it's so interesting because it's kind of like... If it's a performance, she's really like if it's a performance from the character Judy, mm-hmm. she's really committed to it. Because even when like no one else is around and no one's really looking at her, she's still doing it. Yeah. Like the way she moves her head and the way she walks is this kind of like overly exaggerated, overly and I, I know we're trying to table the sexual politics <laughs> stuff of it, but like she is very much like playing this sort of like femme fatale vamp kind of character. Mm-hmm. In the movie, but I can't tell if it's supposed to be like, no, this is just how Judy is. Or if this is like her, her playing a part as like, I'm, this is, this is who I'm going to be this summer. Yeah. Because I feel like as teenagers, we all go through those, those phases where it's like, I'm going to be this person now. Sure. Like you try to kind of, you're trying to figure out who you are. Did I ever do that? I don't know if I've ever really done that. I feel like maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe girls are a little more prone to it because the buckets we're expected to be in are so discreet. Sure. They're so much much more separate from each other. You're like, you're either like a nerdy bookworm or you're the school slut or you're a goth. Like you can't, it's harder to intersect, I think sometimes. Anytime I tried to do something like that, if I ever did... I never committed to it. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was always too shy to look like an asshole. That I was I, gonna say, did you also have some friends who would call you out on it if if you went into like? See, I don't, I don't even know. Like I never pushed it that far. But like it would be like, okay, I guess this year, sideburns, yeah. and that's as far as I would go. <laughs> well, because I definitely remember like like summer. I never went to like a summer camp like this. Mm-hmm. But I remember like summer activities or like you were gonna be on. I don't know when I was on like a new dance team or when I switched schools, like when I, when I switched from like public school and middle school to a private high school, like being sort of like, Ooh, this is a fresh start. Mm. Like I'm with people who don't see me usually. So they won't know if this is like a change. Ooh, the Lisa Simpson effect. Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Where you can sort of decide for yourself before you go into it, that you're going to be somehow different this year. And this new dance team, I'm yeah. going to be the one who calls everyone a cocksucker. <laughs> a peckerhead, as this movie would have you say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because I kind of wonder throughout the movie if like Judy, Judy is definitely doing that to some extent. Sure. Well, because she got boobs. Right. But yeah. it's also played as very much like, oh, no, this is this is just who Judy is. Yeah. I like, There's no moment. Yeah. There's no Judy moment where she gets even slightly redeemed. Right. Yeah. Whereas I feel like weirdly, Meg has a moment where she's not portrayed as just as straight up domineering as shitty and shitty as she is for the rest of the movie. Is it when she's interested in a relationship with an older man? It's between that period and when she gets murdered. Okay. <laughs> like when she has the night off. Right. Yeah. She kind of has the night off and she's like, oh, I don't have to be like hard ass camp counselor anymore. And then like she tries to go to the shower and rather than being like, all right, you uh, you bitches, yeah. get out of my way. I'm taking the shower. She's just kind of like, uh, you guys, uh, you think you'd maybe let me go? And they're yeah. all like glare at her and she's like, oh, all right, I get it. Ha ha. And she like leaves and she goes to take a shower and she's like singing in the shower and just kind of like being a 
person yeah. rather than a caricature. Great death. Excellent death. Um, As most of them are in this movie. Yeah. I Honestly, I thought it was a brilliant execution, mm-hmm. pun intended, <laughs> um, because it was so simply done mm-hmm. and it's so effective yeah. where you, you see the knife go in through what the only thing telling you is it is the back of the shower is mm-hmm. the fact that she is in the shower and reacts to it. Yep. But you see the knife go into the back of the shower. You see her react. You see the blood coming out around the the, the, the handle of the knife. Mm. And you see her act like she's getting stabbed. Yep. And it's just, it's like, it, it costs no money. Like, yep. it's a simple, simple effect to do. And I thought it was really effective. Yeah, and, and creative. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, those showers, those, like, kind of temporary camp shower things are that flimsy. I wish they had stabbed her through the, the giant Loverboy poster. <laughs> But uh, that was yeah, pretty great. Um, Judy, it everybody else in the movie. Well, not everybody, but going back to the performances, it's strange because like most of the people in this movie are giving kind of, for lack of a better term, naturalistic performances. Yes, like, or what passes for one in yeah. this. Like in a, this a lot of these side time. characters, they're going out of their way to make them seem quote unquote like normal kids mm. and anytime you do that it always comes off fake but right but like that's the attempt here and so you have this judy character who is so over the top and evil i i kept waiting for like her, her to have one of her outbursts and then someone to just turn to her and go what the fuck is wrong with you yeah <laughs> Like, are you are you okay? Right, or like her like heckling Paul and Angela when they're having their little like romantic subplot. Yeah. And like no one else is like, ew, why are you so obsessed with them? Yeah. Which is exactly what another what another rival teenager would say. Yeah. Just like, I, like a slightly older girl, because she definitely was not the oldest girl at the camp. No, no. A slightly older girl would have just like cutting remark that she didn't even think of that would have torn Judy down in the moment. Yeah. That's like real kid politics yeah you know i i was as as i was watching it i was thinking like i think that the small tweak that would have made judy's intensity mm-hmm. not warranted but seem less insane mm-hmm. would be you know what what when it starts when they get there uh paul is like judy got boobs check her out and then he's then ricky's like we used we went out last year oh right and then so right he was like we went steady last summer or something and then when he they see each other judy's talking to a bunch of older guys and has clearly like forgotten about ricky Mm because he's this young scrawny guy Mm -hmm. and um you never get the sense that judy is interested in ricky at all anymore Right, right and i was thinking if they had just flipped that Mm-hmm. And had it be that Judy was like, you know, feeling herself mm-hmm. and was excited to see Ricky, but Ricky wasn't interested. Yeah. Or, that would... or if mm-hmm. the summer before she had been sort of the ugly duckling. Sure. Like yeah. if she had been the undesirable one and she had had a huge crush on Ricky. And yeah. the summer before he was like, oh, Judy, no, she's like my cousin. Mm-hmm. Like she's like my little sister or something. Yeah. And then she comes to camp the next year. Like I'll show him. Yeah. To just <laughs> I'm to, hot to give her some sort of reason. Yeah. Even a minuscule one yeah. for her to turn on. Because I mean, with, with high school kids, hmm. all you need is a tiny minuscule reason to have them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking kill each other, I guess. Absolutely. Um. But since that's not there, it does feel it's just this weird unbridled hatred for Angela, yeah. which I, I mean, 
I was a teenager once. I understand that that exists. You also had weird unbridled hatred for Angela. Oh, everybody. Everyone named Angela that I've ever met. <laughs> All the Angelas. Uh, after I saw this movie, I was like, I can't trust anyone named Angela anymore. <laughs> I work with someone named Angela, so I'm screwed. Don't trust her. <laughs> um, like I, I when yeah. I was in when I was in middle school, I had a friend who, because of nothing, mm-hmm. just had this one other kid who just hated him oh yeah and they would like get into fights yep and the whole time i'm like i don't understand this like he didn't do anything yeah he just there's just something about him one day you guys didn't even notice one another and then you came back from yeah christmas vacation and all of a sudden you hate him oh okay that's weird yeah i mean i think at that age you're just everybody's jockeying for some sort of position whether real or imagined yeah and everybody feels like shit about themselves yeah and so it's easier to push that out towards somebody yeah, else. Yeah, all it takes is, I don't like the way he wears his glasses, and that's enough for me yeah. to be like, I'm going to set this person on fire. I think that's <laughs> I think that's kind of what they're going for with Angela's uh, silence and her staring. Yeah, like I, I kind of think the reaction to Angela is mm-hmm. pretty, I don't want to say accurate, but like I, I don't find it unbelievable. It's so... Interesting. It's one of these things that this movie does that I think is like a side effect, not an intentional thing. But it's like once you've seen the whole thing and you see the reveal, then all of a sudden like Judy and Meg being like, fuck this person. You're like, yeah, fuck that person. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they they end up being right. Mm. Like they end up being totally correct because they're like, something is wrong with her. Yeah. Something is wrong with this girl. Something is not right with her. I do not like her. I do not want to be around her. I don't like it when she stares at me. And they're 100% right. Yeah. Like, and and there's never really an acknowledgement of it. Probably not for the reasons they were thinking. Probably (laughs) not for the reasons they were thinking. But it still stands that like instinctually Mm -hmm. something about her set off alarm bells for yeah. for both Meg and Judy and like maybe those alarm bells were set off for the wrong reason but th- th- it's still fascinating to me that it was like oh shit the bullies were correct yeah in this movie that it was like oh this person this person is not like us and there's something wrong with them and i don't mean the fact that angela is secretly a boy i yeah. mean that she's a murderer <laughs> you know i think the murdering thing is so Maybe we can use this as a segue into the uh, more murky sexual text and subtext yes, of this movie. Yes, there's but a lot of there's a lot of like gender and sexuality shit going on in this movie yeah. that this movie was written and came out way too early to deal with. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll get into it. But, okay. Um. So, but I was going to say, like, the the are we supposed to? So when at the end, when we yes. when we see the reveal that yes. that um, the the aunt mm-hmm. is now going to be treating what's the boy's name Peter Peter yeah. as Angela yes and he's got like his head is all bandaged up mm-hmm. is are we supposed to wh- why is she killing people like what what is the thing that's setting her off you know because like in mm-hmm. in Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. um, Mrs Voorhees is set off because seeing what the camp counselors are doing and how they're fucking around yeah. triggers her memory of how her son died. Yeah. Right? Um, in the burning, Cropsy mm. uh, starts killing people because years ago, camp counselors set him on fire. Yes. Totally warranted. Yeah. <laughs> in this one, uh-huh. 
there's not really that kind of connection, like story connection. I mean, please, if there is, I, I'm, I mean, I, she's I, back on the lake where her father and sister were were murdered by rude, neglectful teenagers. Yeah, that's true. Good point. And then she's thrust into this environment where she's being forced to live as a girl, and we're not sure. Like, I I'm gonna keep just referring to Angela as her. Sure. Um, but we're not sure if like she wants to be a girl. Right. There's no. There, it's it's clear that like the adult in charge of her has forced her into this role. Yeah. So like, who knows what what Angela wants? Yeah. That's enough pressure and and stress psychologically. I think that you're just like living under quietly for your whole life. Mm. Like plus the fact that your sibling and your father was murdered, and then you were forced to go back. <laughs> To the place where they died. Yeah. And you're just expected to act like a quote unquote normal girl and do normal girl things. And like nobody is like you're looking out at this water and you're like, yeah, I almost died the last time I was in this lake. And Mm. my my sister and my dad did. They were killed by teenagers who were being assholes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm secretly a boy and nobody has like if I if anybody finds out I'm going to get. I don't know, the shit kicked out of me at minimum. Yeah. And so, like, what do I do? I can't shower with the other kids. Like, there's group showers. You know what I mean? Like, right, you're, you're navigating right. so much, and you're hitting puberty. Right. And you're traumatized. And you have a crazy aunt. <laughs> well, and but the thing that I find so interesting is, like, mm-hmm. all of that is true. Yeah. But the thing that, the first thing that really sets her off, mm-hmm. or the first m- murder, mm-hmm. it's not technically a murder, but for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, is the threat of sexual violence, mm-hmm. which is not something that is directly related to the kids killing her, her family and stuff like. Like sure. there's, it is, it's just, it's it's part of the it's part of the whole package, right? Pun intended. <laughs> um, but there is, it's it's a it's a fascinating place to start. Given yeah. how these movies tend to go, I guess is what I'm what I'm saying yeah. or, or thinking. Well, and I do. I think you know. I think this is the point at which we have to get into all the psychosexual stuff do that, it. that's going on, because if Angela is a boy and and feels herself to be a boy, in mm. you know, even though people have forced her into being a girl, and her dad was gay. Mm. Like, then a man coming on to her as a child is, like, triggering, I'm sure, a bunch of stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, I think that is the inciting. Like, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Is that, like, this adult man tries to molest her, Mm -hmm. which is, like, A, obviously a horrible assault. B, would potentially blow her cover. Like right. would would let out the fact that she's not a girl, and see if she's a boy and this is a man, then there's a lot of feelings about gay stuff. Clearly yeah, going I mean on that's that's a really interesting part of it too, because yeah. like I I don't a hundred percent know. I think once you get to the end of the movie, if you look mm-hmm. back at Angela's relationship with Paul, mm-hmm. things get real murky real quick. Yes, because I think you could very easily read it that. Angela does have some sort of romantic feelings towards oh. Paul. Oh, yeah. But I think you can also read it as 
Angela likes is he's a friend. Like there's yeah. you could read it that it's not a sexual thing and that it is right. just or even if it is a sexual a person thing, who is nice to her. Is it a sexual thing in that like because the thing we never get any any insight into is what Angela or Peter thinks about themselves. Yes. Like we don't know if that character thinks of themselves as a boy, as a girl. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. So it's like if if the, if this kid thinks that they are Peter and a boy and they have sexual feelings towards another boy, that's a whole can of worms especially in the early right. 80s. Yeah. If they think they're a boy and they don't have sexual feelings towards this boy who is thinking that they are a girl and kissing them, that's a whole thing. Like my one friend is, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to stop this. And it's so, it's so interesting that when, when she starts making out with, with Paul, Paul is when you get this, this flashback sort of dream Mm -hmm. sequence, because the way that, the way that her father and his boyfriend are presented is not salacious. Mm-hmm. It's like a loving relate. It's not like they yeah. walk in on them doing some weird shit. It's no, like they're, they're like just holding each other in bed and like gazing lovingly into right. one another's eyes. Like right. That's the extent of it. They're shirtless and they've got sheets up to their nipples. Like yeah. that, yes. you don't see anything. And you so, see more of the of the boys running around the camp than you see of these adult right. men in what seems to be a committed relationship. Yeah, and so it's it's fascinating that that memory which seems to be not necessarily a bad one right get is comes up and triggers her freak out right because especially in that memory when you see the the two kids they're not like horrified or upset or like daddy what are you doing right they're giggling so right. it's clear that it's sort of like it's the kind of thing you do if you caught your parents like kissing when you were a little kid and you'd be like ew mm-hmm. mom and dad are kissing stop like it's not, like and they, and, but they're just like you. God didn't intend this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's interesting because it's not framed as like a traumatic memory, right? Yeah, and th- but then on the flip side, like if Angela really does fully consider herself a girl, mm. then the terror of somebody finding out that she's not right is a whole, is which a whole thing. which really brings up the question: Why does she kill Paul? Right. I because think it's like if you find out about me, you'll hate me. Yeah. And I can't stand that. Right. So I'd rather I'd rather just kill you and then I get to keep you sort of this way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um very interesting. Uh the the other thing like just taking a step back from from sure. the Angela of it all. <laughs> as we must do. I find this movie as a whole hmm. very interesting. I thought you were going to say very gay. I was going to be like, yes. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because like... Finally, it's not just me reading homosexuality and everything. <laughs> Listen, it's basically printed on the yeah, cover in giant letters in this movie. In a but, giant book. But it's... it's So... Part of me is like, okay, how much... I've seen other camp movies from this time. Hmm. Guys are wearing skimpy stuff all the time. Sure. You know? Like, you ever... Ernest goes to camp... A lot of weird like yeah. crop tops and stuff. Oh yeah, but, some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Sure. Those shorts are short. But so like that in and of itself, not uh, not setting off any signals or anything. Yeah. But there's this weird the the male and female relationships in this movie are so strange. Yeah. Because they pay like 
basically the only two guys who are interested in women in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's basically just Paul. Like R- none of the Ricky? other. Not really. Ricky's interested in Judy. A little bit, kind of. Yeah. But but like, um, there's the scene later in the movie where Ju- Judy is kind of making out with that blonde guy, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "I love that she yells at him for kissing, quote unquote, too wet." <laughs> yes, <laughs> but like even there, I mean, I know this is just like you know, uh, we gotta position these characters for the movie to keep happening. But like they're making out, yeah. he has to hide because they almost get caught. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, he's like, "You know what? I'm just gonna go." Yeah, and <laughs> she gets really mad, mad about him. It. And I, I love that about this movie in that, like, in in some, in some a lot of cases, the women are the sexual aggressors. Yeah. Like, Mel, the camp owner, is clearly and inappropriately flirting with Meg mm-hmm. in the background of a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's the sort of thing that in another movie I think would be written off as just like, ah, you know, skeezy old men are going to skeezy old man. Right. She's probably like 17 or 18. It's gross, but in the time period, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. people would just sort of hand wave it away. And in this, she, Meg approaches him and says, hey, so, you know, I have a night off. Like, yeah. what about that dinner you promised me? And he's like, wait, really? Like, he's kind of like, oh, are you sh- sure? And she's like, I'll come to your place. And he's like, oh, okay. I find that so, like, what is, I would start doing the math in my head. Like, what is she planning on getting out of this? Because he's not. <laughs> Let's just say he's not traditionally handsome. Yes, yes. Uh, like what? What is the thing? I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. But I. But I think it's interesting that she's the active pursuer, right? Yeah. And Judy very much is in in her social sphere. Like she is going after all these boys, and they keep kind of rejecting her. Yes. Yeah. And none of them want to seal the deal. Yeah. Like all of them, even the um the scene at night. Where there's like all the, all, I think, is this, these are counselors at this point, right? Yeah. They all go out to the swimming at night. There's oh, all, the skinny dipping? Yes. Uh, I think so. Sure. I'm going to say they're counselors. They all look older than the other kids. Yeah. I, I'm just going to, for ease of talking about it. All of the boys are like, we're going to go skinny dipping. Yeah. And all the girls are like, we don't want to do that. And yeah. they're like, well, sucks to be you. Right. All right, guys, let's go. And they all take their pants off. Yeah. And jump in the lake together. And they have no, like, they do not even try to really convince the girls. It's it's the kind of thing where I can't tell if it is intentional mm-hmm. that it's skewing this way. Yeah. Or if it's just an attempt to be like, we got to do some boys horsing around stuff and it just is just reading that way because like even even know. the one the one kid uh who gets killed in the canoe yeah who brings the girl out he doesn't bring her out there like try no. to make out with her no it's he to, tra- prank her. to prank her yeah and then i think he brings her out there to prank her and then like so he can tell his friends about yes it yes because not- they all seem to know Right. Like she gets back to the shore and they're like, oh, how the water snakes and the toads. Ha ha. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's very strange. Yes. Um, and I mean, you know, the, the, the water balloon fight scene. Yep. Bunch of half naked guys s- soaking each other on top of a, a roof. It's it's and the way that they so intensely go after Angela. Like it, there's. Yeah. It, it, it skews this way in a way that I cannot tell if it's on purpose. Right. But how could it not be? Because, like, you would think that at least incidentally there would be some romances between some of the counselors. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to say the, the kids are too young. 
You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the campers themselves, they're, they're 14, 15 at the oldest. They haven't seen each other in a year. You know, they're all going to be awkward and shy about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, fine. But you'd expect at least like Ronnie and Susie. Right. Or like Meg and Eddie or whoever, you know, like to have like be making out in the back shed or something, you, you know? Yeah. And you don't see any of that. Like you don't hear about like even like, oh, well, you know. Eddie and Susie used to be like dating and now Susie's with Ronnie and like it's this whole thing. And I'm not saying that you needed that for like, I don't know. I don't know if that would add much to the movie, but it would definitely change the tone of what's going on like sexually with, with this group of people. Well, I kind of prefer it as it is because it's it's (laughs) much more interesting to to analyze yeah but i think it does leave that sort of like this in my mind it feels like it has to be on purpose yeah 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 to to some extent because like why make the dad gay exactly that's just what i was gonna say like there's it's clearly baked in from that angle as well not to mention angela right you know it's it's clearly baked in there it's 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 just such a i mean the outfit that that guy's wearing is obscene <laughs> it like barely covers his pecs yeah and barely covers his crotch yeah and it's it's just like it's almost as obscene as that uh t-shirt you showed me that the wrestler big e was yes, wearing that time it is it's basically it's basically very that. similar yeah. <laughs> but like like that like you were saying equal opportunity skimpy outfits like yes he's dressed like traditionally in these movies they dress the hot girl with the big boobs yes and it's it's yes, very Ju- Judy wears more clothes than him. Right. Yes. It's very fascinating. Yeah. Um, and there's no slut shaming in this movie. Well, see, that's the other thing I was going to say. There's no slut shaming, and mm-hmm. also um, there's no homophobia. Right. There's no one's ever calling anybody a homo or right. anything worse than that. Yep. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Because like that's in movies of this period especially mm-hmm. one of the things you could generally count on right. is somebody throwing the f word around yep. uh in in a in a way that is um looking back on it is unfortunate mm-hmm. but is definitely done because that's just how people were talking right it was the equivalent like, let's, let's unfortunately all, it was the equivalent of just calling somebody a dumbass yeah let's not all pretend all of you late 30s and older people <laughs> that you weren't saying that shit all the time yeah because you were myself included unfortunately yeah. um but it's and and it's it's so it's very interesting to see yeah a movie from this period that has this undertone to it or overtone however you want to call it <laughs> tone that, that it, it doesn't even address it in that manner yeah um like no one ever comments on I'm Ricky and Paul. Hanging Judy out doesn't say something. Yeah, absolutely. Like she feels like the prime suspect for throwing an f bomb at some dude. Especially who want to sleep with her. Especially after Ricky comes in and finds them making out, and then Paul's like, "I don't really want to do this." You know, mm-hmm. she she never like goes yeah, over that. She's line never like, "What are you?" Them. Right. Yeah. 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 She's just like coward. <laughs> right. And then he as he leaves, and she's like, "Fine." And I I have done no research on the writer and director. No, I, have no I idea. don't know if he himself may be gay i don't know if maybe he himself has uh deep down locked up issues about that who knows that came out through his art who's to say perhaps um but it's just really i i find that this movie is more interesting from a like an analytical standpoint yeah than it is from like a 
craft standpoint. <laughs> Absolutely, because the things we're talking about are like gender identity and like sexuality, yeah. especially in puberty, which is such a weird and confusing time, and like the social and psychosexual politics of teenagers mm. and like you know adults who prey upon children, which is so much of this movie is like yeah. adults taking advantage of children there's the pedophile cook mm-hmm. there's mel who owns the camp who's making money off of them and then there's the aunt who twists angela to be what she wants to right. satisfy her wants and right. like all of these adults who are supposed to be taking care of these kids fail them completely yeah and so there's all these really interesting thematic things happening in this movie but when you watch the actual movie it's like 15 full minutes of a baseball game yes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> S- yeah. Stopping the action to explain the rules to capture the flag yeah, in their a, entirety. Uh, very, which we don't need. Uh, capture we the just flag. show the kids running after a flag. Capture the flag plays a, a large role in this movie, much larger than I expected. <laughs> but you know, so that's that's the one thing that that where this movie loses me a bit because mm-hmm. it it I can see what they're doing. Yeah. And I can see that they're trying to do this, quote unquote, sort of like authentic summer camp thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing the thing that always stands out to me with this kind of stuff is when you can hear when the dialogue is just a bunch of kids like saying stuff on top of each other. Yeah. And they're saying very specific phrases where it's like, that's something I, I know just by listening to it. <laughs> that's something that like you said when you were a kid at summer camp mm-hmm. and now you're trying to write into dialogue and it just does not feel natural at all. Yeah. And so you end up with this thing where it's like this movie ends up being half summer camp slasher movie and uh-huh. half, half like let's just, experience summer camp for a while <laughs> right with right. a f- with a full two innings of baseball yes <laughs> and a l- extended capture the flag sequence it's yep. it is it yep. is very pranks in the cabin yeah let's put shaving cream in his hand and i'm surprised his face with a feather i'm surprised mozart isn't the person killing everybody because i feel like he was going to yeah and then angela beat Angela's him to it and he was like I, oh man do this you was think my year. do you think that they're setting him up as a red herring based on the fact that he has the knife and the fact that they are going at him so that's I, the other thing with this movie like i feel like maybe mozart and definitely ricky are supposed to be red herrings of who is killing ricky definitely yeah who is killing these these people i never thought it was either of them yeah did like, you assume it was angela the whole time i yes yeah. yes i 100 percent assumed it was angela i did not assume that she was a boy yes that part i missed yes uh, speaking of that, uh, we may as well get into the ending. Uh, yes. What did you think of the ending? Uh, horrifying and kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like the it's... moment where you see her, like, I, 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 it's such an image. Like, I yeah. don't know how they did that exactly. I could tell you how they did that. Please do, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, it was a, a man. Yes. Wearing a mask of Angela's face. <gasps> that they cast in that big wide-eyed wide open mouth oh, look oh man uh, apparently the actor got very drunk before he did it <laughs> and for a long time <laughs> oh that they god. they didn't say who did it oh my god um, but eventually his name came out I, I can't remember what it is but god bless him yeah but it's like in a movie that i don't think has many 
memorable visuals. Mm-hmm. Like I don't watch this movie and go like this is a, a masterpiece of filming photography. Right, you know? or even like wow these deaths are so cool. Yeah, there's a like, couple good. inventive they, they things. They look but... pretty good, but you not it's not like these indelible images. Yeah, it's not yeah. like I I'm not watching the death of Judy or the death of Meg and mm-hmm. going like that was a masterclass in tension. Right. And, you know. Right. Or that's that's an image uh, uh, up alongside the woman falling through the stained glass window at the beginning of um, Suspiria. Yeah. yeah. But. But. The way that they staged that final shot in this movie is like top 10. Yeah. It's th- for whatever reason, it's just so it's the creepiest thing in the movie. It has that uncanny valley quality. Yeah. And, and you saying it's a mask makes so much. Because I was like... Even there, it's a damn good mask. It's a really good mask. Because they get I, pretty close on it. Yes, I thought they took like a still of her face yeah. and somehow superimposed it over a man's body in post. Yeah. You know, I kind of thought it was one of those things where it was like early days where you just kind of cut it out on the... F- and like pasted shit back together funny about that slight digression yes we were just watching an episode of Columbo mm. where the way that Columbo f- um, solves the murder is he gets naked no <laughs> is that he's uh, um, when the murder was happening the, the alibi that the murderer has was that he was across town mm-hmm. getting a, a, a speeding ticket and they have a, a, a picture from the camera the mm-hmm. radar camera mm-hmm. and so Columbo's looking at all these pictures of other people who have gotten speeding tickets trying to figure out how it's possible like what's the, what's the thing i'm missing mm-hmm. and he notices that the killer his face there's no shadow under his nose oh. and everybody else the sun is coming down and there's a shadow under their nose ah. and so <laughs> colombo figures out that they had somebody else driving the car with a paper mask of the killer wearing a paper mask of the killer which is why there was no light <laughs> to, to make the, the no shadow which I'm not doing a great job of explaining, but you, you should. It's it's worth seeing because it's very silly. Okay. But anyway, continue. But yeah, I, I could not figure out looking at it how how this was happening. Like, how did they make her face? How I had no idea. I was yeah. like, what is what is happening? Because it looks very good, and she's sort of like wide eyed, wide open mouth hissing. Yeah, just kind of yeah. like hissing. I don't even know what else to call it. It, it like like it just sounds like a like a like a cat that wants to murder you. Yeah, and it's so creepy that she's just standing there. Yeah, like not moving, just like <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a really great image. Yeah, and they I mean the way that they do this like slow. It, it's like they they had the sense to know that this was the yeah. money, yes. right? Yes. because they give you. You know, you find okay. Clearly, it's Angela doing this, but like, yeah. why is she naked? Like, what is she? What's the hell's going on here? Right. And then they have the sense to do this really slow, yeah. you know, track back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pan th- thing. Yes. And slowly reveal her entire body with yeah. this, like, we, it's it's in a movie that is not particularly scary. Yeah. It is legitimately disturbing. Yes, it's the kind of image where I feel like if you were, especially if you're younger and you come across it. Mm. It's going to pop up in some of your nightmares. And honestly, legitimately disturbing, regardless of what's going on waist below oh, her waist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she could have been 100% just like, yep, that's a girl. But like that stance yeah. and something about the way it's shot and her face, it's really fucked up. Yeah. My question, does Ricky know? 
I think the answer is no. Okay. Because here's here's my logic. I think Angela is so ashamed. Mm-hmm. I think she's so ashamed of her body. And when you get the towards the end, the flashback of the aunt saying, like, oh, you'll be, you know, you we already ha- I already have a boy, you know, we can't have two of those, so you'll you're going to be Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, she says something along the lines of, "Won't she, she calls Ricky Richard? Um, won't Richard be surprised when he comes home and there's a little girl in the house?" Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's just, like, you are going to be a girl, and that's what you're going to do, and I'm going to tell everybody that. And then it's, like, this traumatized kid is just, like, I this is the only adult in my life, and I guess I have to do what she says now. Yeah. And I, I think he doesn't know. My thought that he does know mm. is um, because of what you said about the beginning. Yeah. Where uh, the the kids are asking about Ricky. So it's not like he's an he's an unknown quantity. So they've definitely mm-hmm. met. They mm-hmm. they definitely know each other. Um, before they get sent to camp, mm-hmm. the mother says, "Here are your physicals. Oh. Don't a- don't let anybody ask how you got them." Right. Uh, which is a very strange thing to say. Right. And isn't isn't he like, "Don't worry, mom. I would never tell." Yeah. Or something like that. And my other thought is that uh, he spends a good amount of the movie protecting her mm. in a way that i think if you kind of look back on it it feels a little bit like he i mean he's definitely protecting her the way a brother would protect right a, a sister but now that you're talking about it it's interesting because there would also be the sort of annoyance mm. from a brother to a sister of like oh i just want to be at camp with my friends why do i have to take care of you right like why do you keep getting in trouble why can't you just try like why can't you try to be like get along with people yeah and yeah, that's interesting. It's it, you're right. The protectiveness level is intense, to say the least. And I also wonder. I, I feel like she really goes off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Does she see Ricky ostensibly dead? I think so. Because then she kills Mel. Because I think she, yeah, I think she like kind of lures him over to the archery range. Yeah, in a classic Friday the Thirteenth homage. Yes. And so I, I was wondering if her really, I mean, not that she's not off the deep end killing everybody else, but um, it, yeah. I was wondering if the, if Ricky be, she, her thinking Ricky was dead right. was kind of like, you know, the th- obvious, either, I think that works either way, whether or not he knows, but yeah. there seemed to be a, a certain connection there that he was kind of her protector to a certain extent, because yeah. he's the one who's always flipping out on people. It's interesting. Now that you're saying this, I'm kind of looking back and I'm like, all the people she killed were also shitty to Ricky. Yeah, except the campers at the end who she just hacked up in their sleeping bags. But were those the kids who were throwing sand at them? Oh, maybe they were. I mean, all the kids are All assholes, the kids suck. So, yeah. But, but, I, but you're, you're right. Maybe that's an exception to, to the pattern but I'm trying point, to find. But at that point, she's gone into her frenzy mode, you know. Fair, yeah. But like the pedophile cook tries to assault her and mm-hmm. then does physically assault Ricky. Yep. Uh, and threatens him. Um, who's next? Kenny, the kid in the boat. Yep. He bullies Angela and then gets in a fight and he, he tries to beat Ricky up. That's right. Yep. And then Judy. Yep. Who was just an asshole to everybody, but also like clearly has rejected Ricky for these older boys. Yep. And Meg. Right. I don't know what Meg maybe did to Ricky, but. I just, Meg just is not a pleasant person, I guess. But <laughs> but it's interesting. You're right. There, there's There's a lens you can look at it as like he's been trying to protect her. 
And in exchange, she's getting rid of the people who've wronged both of them. Because I, I think that's part of the red herring aspect, too, because it mm-hmm. reads both ways. Because right. if you think it's Ricky, it's like, oh, well, he's clearly going after the people who are trying to hurt Angela. Right, but he also doesn't like them very much either. Right, because they've all <laughs> done stuff to him. And right. so it works on the flip side as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he probably does know. Mm. Um, not that it matters, but it, it, it is, it is a, I think it, it is matters a... matters to an extent, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting question to think about between these, these characters. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, it's, it's another level, like, if he does know, is, 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 the, is it just that he has said to her, like, are you okay with this? And she's like, yeah, it's it's fine. I, I want to be Angela. I'm, it's better that I'm Angela. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, well, I still accept and love you. You're my cousin. Right. In which case, I'd like, that's weirdly progressive. <laughs> Just being like, sure, I don't give a shit like what you identify as. You're my cousin and I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm, I, I mean, I am, have no barometer for this, but I, I am curious how this movie is regarded currently as far as that stuff goes. That Be- that stuff being like gender issues? Yeah, like, because like, I, I, I don't know where... Tell me, almost 40-year-old man. I, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> almost 40-year-old straight white man. Ooh. Thank you very much. Um, no, I just, I don't, I don't know what the... Because a lot of yeah. these movies, it's like, you know, like, well, that one clearly is 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 uh uh antiquated and, and, and right there's there's a backlash and then there's a backlash to the backlash right. and then there's a relash and yeah. then there's all sorts of stuff this one i don't know i because I... clearly like the, the 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 analog for this movie is like yeah. the crying game right mm. and the crying game i think is not particularly well regarded anymore yeah, as far so. as uh, representation representation and, yeah. yeah but this one i'd never hear anybody like slamming this not that i yeah. It's not my first question, but <laughs> but it, it, it's it's an interesting thing to think about because I think the the knee, my knee jerk reaction is that this would be kind of offensive and 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 upsetting for a lot of trans people because mm-hmm. it's sort of implying that like a adults are going to groom you into being trans when you're a kid and right. b it's going to result in you flipping out and murdering a bunch of right, people right um but then on the other hand yeah there are these weird if you sort of go a little deeper and, and watch the movie there are these moments where you could argue that like there are characters in this film that are like very accepting and yeah. that there is this sort of tone of like oh people might be gay and that's fine and we don't really give a shit mm. like they can just like yeah dad can have his boyfriend <laughs> like right, that's fine right. um so yeah it's it's an interesting question I, I could see it being very much a case-by-case thing for for any trans folks who watch this like what their particular feelings are on it i don't mm. think there's like a easy sort of like no this is very passe and like should be completely thrown out versus this is great <laughs> right well you know if you're a lgbtq listener you yeah. have any thoughts on Sleepaway Camp? Please let us know. I'd be curious to know. Absolutely, because I'm 100 percent sure we're getting a bunch of shit wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, the last thing I'll say, um, I think that this movie is unremakable. 
Yeah. I don't think that there is a way you could possibly remake this movie. Yeah, no. For like a number of reasons. Yes. But it like, it's just uh, all the things, all the things about this movie that make it work. Mm-hmm. You, I just don't think you could consciously recreate. Right. Because I think some of them are, 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 are accidental. Yeah. And maybe after the fact, when they saw it and they were editing things and putting it together, they went, oh, wow, wait, that's actually really interesting and great. Let's mm. highlight that. But I don't think it was like baked in from the beginning of yeah. like, we're going to have like for 1983 progressive politics around sexuality and gender. And right, we're going to yeah. try to be like sympathetic to different types of people. Or and whatever, the thing is but- like, I, I kind of feel like if they had tried to do that, it wouldn't be as interesting. That's exactly what I was going to say next, which is um, if anybody did try to remake this, I feel like it would go way too far in one direction or the other. Yeah. Either it would totally villainize things and it would be Angela's this way because adults exposed her to homosexuality and messed with her gender expression Mm. and now she's a murderer and that's why, like, that's bad. Or it would go in the other direction, which is if everybody just would let Angela do whatever she wanted forever, then she wouldn't have had to kill all these people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like it. there's no... <laughs> and, like, if, and if they had, if they did remake it and they were like, well, you know, we wanted yeah. to make sure that the campers were uh, a representation of all sorts of different yeah. things. Like, well, that's not interesting. Like this, Right. This then movie, it becomes like an after-school special kind yeah, of like, we're going like, to have so... a heavy-handed moral message through this movie. And it's like, no, that's not what this movie's trying to do yeah like this movie the theme of this movie is confusion yes like (laughs) deep-seated confusion i'm really glad you said that because uh i wouldn't have thought this movie had a theme (laughs) and like i think any any attempt to update or like the theme of this movie is we should have tighter regulation over who gets to drive boats yes yeah (laughs) but you know any attempt to try and update or or um make more modern the 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 relationships and stuff it just and any of that interesting stuff is just going to to go away and i mean let's let's be honest here we there's all sorts of Uh fun weird stuff to talk about this in this movie Mm -hmm. deep-seated themes whatever you want to call it the only reason people still watch this movie is because of the ending. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And because like, the reveal is shocking yes. and unexpected. It's, it's the, like I said, it's the one thing everybody knows. Well, except Amanda. Everybody knows about <laughs> Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> hey, I know it now. That's true. You do. It, it's the thing that made the movie famous. Yeah. And I, it's just not something you could recreate. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're making, if you're remaking Sleepaway Camp. Everyone's going to know. Either everyone's going to know. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna change it, and they're gonna go. Oh, that was stupid. Like, right, how do you? Right. Cha- what do you change it to? Yeah, Angela's just some girl. <laughs> yeah, or I mean, okay, in this version, Ricky is the is a girl. Right. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's it's like this only. It's the kind of shock value that only works once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know, in in a world where even Psycho has been remade, I I do <laughs> not think Christ. you can remake this movie. Yeah. Um. Final thoughts overall. What do you think of Sleepaway Camp? You know, I, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's not a great movie in terms of like the craft of filmmaking. Sure. But as the last oh hour and change have proven, there's plenty you can look and look deeper into and kind of dig out and, and debate about with this movie. And I think that makes it like interesting and worth checking out. Especially, yeah. like, if you 
if you generally don't, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I feel like I keep trying to formulate like a, a final thought on this movie and it's really, it's really hard to do so. Like mm. I'm glad I did not know about the end reveal. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but not just because it was fun to be surprised and freaked out by the image of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I think I, a part of me would have dismissed it. Part of me would have oh, been sure, like, sure. that's so, that's so hokey. That's also offensive. Yeah, interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I had known it going in, I would have been like, oh, so this movie thinks that either trans people are violent or trans people aren't real. Right. Like, it's one or the other, and therefore, this movie sucks. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of glad I got to go into it not with that in my mind that's while I really was watching most of it, because then I got to just be like, yeah, everybody's really mean to this girl. Yeah. And then I just, like, very much identify her as a girl throughout it, and for better or for worse you know yeah i do i do wonder if there is that the other side of internet infamy Hmm. where there are a subset of people who knew the ending first yeah and dismiss the rest of the movie straight out because of the implications of what that ending absolutely and i'm 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 sure there are people out there who did exactly what i'm saying i would have done which is just like know about the ending and be like, fuck that bigoted movie. Right. And then I'm sure on the flip side, there are people who are on the opposite end of the political spectrum from me or ideology. And they would say, oh, yeah, I don't need to watch the rest of it. Obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the non-straight people are the ones who are going to go nuts and kill everybody. Yeah. And I, and I think part of what makes it, again, so interesting is that it doesn't come like yeah i i i i don't i wouldn't necessarily say that like i don't think psycho has any particular political leanings as far Mm. as representation of trans people as killers no i don't think so i don't particularly think that silence of the lambs has any real political leaning no like it's a it's a it's a trope yeah because it's it's quote unquote um weird it's shocking shocking Yeah. yeah Um, but like, I, I don't think this movie has any political leaning as far as the, the stuff that they're talking about, which, which makes the confusion of it work work (laughs) and makes it really, I think the thing that makes the movie worth watching. Right. Because like, I, I, I don't know. Well, I'm not even gonna speculate, but I was going to say like, I feel like, I feel like it's difficult to watch this movie and come away thinking like, oh, well, this movie hates gay people or right. trans people or whatever. Right. Cause, Cause I think the point is nobody knows what's going on. Right. Especially at this age. Everybody's yep. fucking confused. Yep. Everybody's, you know, but like we were saying earlier, there's no use of sort of like anti-queer slurs. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's no slut shaming like women are there. Th- the gender roles in this movie are very like diffuse and not really well defined. Mm. And I think it all kind of feeds into this like. Yeah, there's not a political stance here saying like, well, when men aren't allowed to be men and they're feminized, right. that means they have to kill everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right, not right. what this movie is trying to say. Yeah. I don't even know if this movie is quote unquote trying to say anything. Yeah. And I don't I think, think it needs to be. to its benefit. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's worth watching. I don't know if I've gone back to it a couple times just because mm. it's one of those weird ones. Like you can put this on in the background and just have it just be like, this is a weird fucking movie. Yes, it is. But, uh, I don't, I wouldn't put it on the list. Um, 
Nah. I, I don't think this is one of the greatest. I think it's a fascinating movie. But... Yeah. Yeah. I th- I, again, we've spent all this time talking about it and we could spend longer. And I do think that ending twist and, and the, that last image is really striking. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's one of the 200 greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. And now yeah. I look forward to Googling the director when this is over and finding out he was at January 6th or something. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to hit the randomizer button because uh, recently in the last week, director William Friedkin passed away, uh, who's a, a great movie director mm. who did uh, The French Connection. He did an amazing movie called Sorcerer, which I feel oh. like is starting to get its due but it was it was a huge flop mm-hmm. um but it is fucking rad i have heard of it but i have not really seen good it, no. we that's a movie we should watch on a find the biggest screen mm-hmm. i would i would rent out the somerville theater just to watch sorcerer cool um he also did to live and die in la mm-hmm. which was uh which is a great movie um do the pink panther no, no? He, uh, he also did Jade. No, that was the guy who did the other movie that, we yes, watched that. recently. He did uh, <laughs> Jade. He did a lot of bad movies too. Yeah. But uh, the reason, one of the reasons Sorcerer was a flop mm. was because it followed up the movie that he had done just before that, uh-huh. which was a little movie called The Exorcist. Yes. So we are going to, uh, in honor of William Friedkin, we are going to cover The Exorcist next time. God, I'm so excited. Yes. Can't Fucking wait to, love that movie. Can't wait to talk about all of the people he punched in the face to get reactions and stuff. <laughs> All of the injured children who came off that set. Yes. Mainly just the one. Yeah. You know, if by all accounts, she seemed to, like, they seemed to treat her okay. Next episode. Next episode. <laughs> save it. Save it. Anyway. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to help support the show, head over to uh, patreon.com slash the Penske file, where you can uh, follow us as we go through our video nasties list this year on our Patreon. Uh, July was Mario Bava's Bay of Blood. August Ooh. will be... Toby Hooper's The Fun House, which mm. I haven't seen, so I'm excited about that. And I'm thinking, I said this on on the Bay of Blood episode, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to put it up to a vote at the end of the year like I always do, yes. but I'm thinking next year we might just straight up do the Halloween movies, Yes. Uh, which frustratingly, this is kind of the flip side, well, it's the flip side to the Friday the 13th thing where there's mm-hmm. there's 12, mm-hmm. which it's like, let's, we just need one more. <laughs> But yeah. it worked well for our purposes. Right, yes. I believe there are 13 Halloween movies currently. All right. So we're either going to have to double up or just not do one of them. Hmm. So maybe that'll be... after we If we decide to do that, maybe we'll take a vote and see which one we shouldn't do. <laughs> I'm also thinking... We'll do a Weakest Link style boot one off the island yeah we'll do a bracket tournament yeah yeah i'm also thinking i'm just kind of spitballing this stuff i'm gonna put it up to a vote but i feel like i'm gonna rig the vote after all the thinking i've done about how we would approach halloween oh boy i was thinking we might do it backwards because i don't know if i want to start with halloween oh and then just like go downhill (laughs) the last thing that we watch be halloween ends or whatever so i haven't decided because i because i feel like it's I, I don't know. The other option is maybe mm. do it in different chunks. So like maybe do the Rob Zombie ones first. 
Yeah. And that, I don't. Basically, I just don't want to do the best one first and then spend sure, the next sure. 11 months going like... Because that's essentially what we did with the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, at least Halloween... In my opinion. My <laughs> I, correct, I enjoy... My correct hey, opinion. Hey, Friday the 13th Part 7 is as good as any movie before or after it. Hard disagree. But like the Halloween movies, the Halloween series has never been a, my favorite franchise. You fool. But the first three are really interesting. After that, it's kind of uh, yeah, yeah. I'll so, give you that. I mean, it's not. I don't think that we won't have things to talk about. Obviously, especially once you get into the remakes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just I feel like I'm w- once we get to the s- the run of uh, Halloween Resurrection, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Halloween Two. I'm gonna be like, uh, what am I looking forward to yeah. here? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure how we would do it yet. Maybe I know we we didn't cover Halloween ends at all, Mm-mm. but we did do the 2018 one and Halloween Kills as yes. live streams. Yes. So I don't know. I'll have to think about it. We'll Maybe see. we do all the David Gordon Green ones as a single episode. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. That's uh, I have five months or so. Yeah, I think I think we'll figure it out. Four months. The patrons will help. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Glenn. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.